an excellent day for an exorcism. I understand, all right. You're one of the undead, and I'm a werewolf. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. Hey there everybody, welcome to episode number 67 of the Horror Crypt Podcast and today we have got part 2 of the one that I did last week which was The Babysitter. This is The Babysitter Killer Queen. Now this was done in 2020. It is a black comedy horror film and I tell you what, it was a very surprising movie in such as I didn't think that I was actually going to like the original and I found that the original was just absolutely amazing. And I decided, you know what, I've got to see the second one of this, and it didn't disappoint. The film continues the story of Cole Johnson, two years after the events of the first film, who must again fight to ensure his survival after a secret is unburied, as he is hunted by demonic enemies, both old and new. It was released on September the 10th, 2020. The, uh, the running time is 101 minutes. There's not one part of the movie that you're going to sit there and go, man, 101 minutes, this is just going to drag on. No, every part of this movie, as far as I'm concerned, is very, very in, in, it's very ingenious the way they do it because you don't see a lot of the things coming. It's almost like, I, I like those movies where, you know, you don't see something coming. You know, you'll see, you'll see some movies you'll be watching and go, oh my God, yep, I know the ending of this movie. It's so obvious or, oh, I know that person is going to do this or I know this is going to happen or, and it becomes so obvious you just sit there and just wait and then it, when it, then when it happens, it's like, see, told you, it was going to happen and it just detracts from the excitement of the movie. This one, and I'm hoping by the time this drops, this is still on Netflix. If it is, please go and watch it and if you can't watch it on Netflix, find some other way of getting it because it is in, it's enjoyable. Um, but this movie does have that d degree of, oh my god, I didn't see that coming at all. And it was a surprising um, movie. It really was. And I really thoroughly enjoyed this movie. And, and this is one of the reasons why I, why I thought, well, I'll do part one. Will I do part two? Yeah, I'm going to do it back to back. I don't usually try to do this back to back. Um, certainly part one and part two of you know, the same movie. But uh, this was actually definitely worth it. Now, before I get started, remember I'm on all social platforms. I am on Facebook at HorrorCryptOz. You can also send me a direct message, HorrorCrypt2022 at gmail.com. That's 2020 at gmail.com. And remember, I'm also on um, YouTube. Now, the last one that I did was a success. I absolutely loved doing it, and I'm going to be doing it every month and it'll be dropping on the fourth of every month so there's an indication of how long we've got until that one drops but uh, yeah you can search me the horror crypt podcast um on youtube you can sit and watch me do my thing which hopefully it'll be exciting for you guys to watch but uh, it's just something a little different for me to be able to reach out and basically talk to you guys and really engage on uh, on what we're all doing here now in saying that i just wanted to give a bit of a shout out and a thank you very much to um everyone that actually is downloading take the time to download and listen to my show um i just wanted to give a big shout out to everyone in the united states certainly in pennsylvania connecticut texas virginia Kansas, New York, California, and Ohio. Thank you so much for coming to uh, this uh, this little podcast and downloading that for me. In Australia, I want to thank Western Australia, South Australia, Victoria, Queensland, New South Wales, and Tasmania. Again, thank you so much for coming to, to visit me. The UK, where we're rocking out the UK, England, Wales, and Scotland. Thank you very much. 
once again for coming to visit me at the Horror Crypt. Uh, I've got a brand new one that's actually just reached out. The um, the Netherlands. Thank you so much to North Holland and South Holland for coming to visit me. That's awesome that we've, we've got so many people throughout the world. Russia, thank you once again. Moscow, I've got a, a following there, which is wonderful to see. Uh, and Canada, thank you so much to Ontario, Alberta and Quebec. That's wonderful that you guys come and visit me. Uh, now, I've, <laughs> I do have visitors in France and Brazil, but I am going to decimate the French and the Brazilian names of these places. So I'm not even going to say it. All I'm going to say is thank you so much for coming to visit me. And uh, definitely the other one, <laughs> which was Brazil. I'm sorry, I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, kill your, uh, your, uh, oh, actually, no. No, actually, I can. <laughs> no, I'm not going to actually do that because I really don't want to hurt anyone's feelings for the fact that I cannot pronounce these uh, these names. So, but thank you very much once again for uh, coming to visit me at the Horror Crypt. It's really, really appreciated. Remember, you know, tell your friends, tell them that uh, it's a half decent show that you can come and listen to, and hopefully, I'm giving you some great entertainment along the way. Look, before we get started, remember we always love to listen to the trailer of any movie that I'm going to uh, review. So in saying that, let's sit back and relax because we are going to listen to the trailer of The Babysitter, Killer Queen. Growing up is worse than a near-death experience. I can confidently tell you that because two years ago, my babysitter and her friends tried to kill me. The worst part is nobody believes me. And now, everybody thinks I'm crazy, but I miss her. You're a weird little dude with a crush on a murderous, fictitious babysitter. We just gotta get you laid. That's your advice? That's what the f*** just came out of my mouth, man. Cole, you're my best friend. You're not crazy. It's this place. We're all going to the lake this weekend. Just come with me. I already took my dad's car. just you and me. We're back! Oh! Let's go, Cole! Oh! You okay? You look like you've seen a gorgeous black ghost. Don't worry, guys. I'm good. Where's Sonia? Getting cookies. I watched you all die! We are dead. Duh! Clearly, you guys are into some heavy cosplay. Just leave it be. Ow! Oh, yes! shit! Oh, no! It's all gonna get done again! Update me on the Psycho Breakfast Club. Basically, they're a blood cult, and they made a deal with the devil. And they only have three hours to complete the ritual. We could hide out till sunrise. We finish this, we have to go back down to limbo. Could this night get any more erotic? Hey, Chloe. You're my kill of the night. I get killed first. That's some post-Jordan Peele era horror movie progress. Now, remember, as always, we're going to have spoilers along the way. So if there's anything in this movie that actually makes you 
really interested in going to watch it, then please stop the podcast now. You definitely have to come back. You definitely have to come back. But uh, go and watch it and then come back and listen to the podcast because, as I said, I'm going to be spoiling a whole lot of things as I go, but I don't want to spoil it to the point where you sit there and go, well, I don't want to watch it now. If anything's, if I've intrigued you at all, please go off and watch it. So two years after the satanic cult led by his former babysitter, B, tried to kill him, Cole is a junior in high school. He hasn't really developed uh, as, as far as... Um, I mean, he's, he's not really coming out of his shell. He's still this geeky sort of kid who is still getting picked on left, right and centre um, by kids in the school. And he basically is sitting down talking to his therapist. Now, his therapist is actually the school nurse. And the school nurse actually has two jobs. He's a therapist um, for the first part of the day. And then the second part of the day, he's the school nurse, which is rather interesting. But, you know, you know, Cole is sitting there saying about the fact that nobody believes him that uh, B was trying to kill him. And it is interesting in such that at the end of the movie, when we see that, um, you know, B goes and lunges at one of the firefighters to kill uh, to kill the guy... This movie picks up basically, you know, it has flashbacks as we go along. But at this stage of the movie, we flash back to the uh, to the house again, and you know, Cole's sitting on the uh, on the side of the this, you know, just side of the footpath, and uh, one of the firefighters comes over and goes, um, so. There's a car that's been driven into the house, but where is the person? And he's like, she's in there. Well, no, she's not. She's completely gone. And it it shows you because he comes in, again, with the police officers, and B's nowhere to be seen. So it's like, okay. So now it becomes that everyone doesn't believe Cole, that this whole thing has happened to him. So much so that he's now having to take some sort of medication. Now it's either to try and suppress uh what he was going through or i don't know what it really was but it was something along the lines that he was trying to they were trying to make sure that he wasn't psychotic i guess but uh poor old cole he's going through all this and he's trying to explain to the this his nurse slash you know therapist that this really happened and he's like yeah okay you know and basically it's almost along the same lines as well we really just need to get you laid and it's like i don't think so <laughs> i don't think that's really one of the the real reasons behind um, me coming to see you as a as a therapist. Of course, the bell rings and you know, it's like, oh, now I'm a nurse. So we see poor old um, Cole and he's walking along the, the hallway and he basically sits there and talks to his friend Melanie. Now, Melanie is the little girl that was living across the road from him and she is actually... She actually um, agrees with him she says yes it did happen you know i saw what was going on i i met b you know she hunted me through the house so i know exactly what you're saying she was real and he's like yeah but nobody else is believing me on this and, he, and she's like well you know there's no not much you can do about it cole but the fact is that i believe you so that shouldn't be, there should be no other drama because as she explains to Cole, you know, I'm your best friend, so if I believe you, it doesn't matter whoever believes you or doesn't believe you, I'm your best friend. So as long as I've seen it and I know what was going on, then you'll always have someone that will believe you. So it's really a nice um, relationship that they have, you know, because she's there for Cole, she's lived through what was going on. So they're very, very close in that regard. And basically, unfortunately, his parents um, and the most of the others, they, they think that he had a psychotic break. So after he, poor old Cole, he discovers that his parents have enrolled him in a psychiatric school. Now, I do not know um, under what form you can get into a psychiatric school. I mean, you've got a psychi- psychiatric hospital, but a psychiatric school, I've never heard of that at all. So he learns about this, but, you know, Melanie has said to him, listen, how about 
you come to the lake with me this weekend, you know, and he's like, no, I can't because I've got to go and we've got to go and meet the, this, you know, I guess school principal or whatever. And she's like, well, listen, this is ridiculous. You know, why don't you just, you know, say no to your parents and come with me. And he's like, no, I can't do that. And she's like, well, yeah, you can. You just basically say, no, I'm not going. So after a little bit of, you know, coercion about this, he decides to escape with Melanie alongside her new boyfriend, Jimmy, and their friends, Boom Boom and Diego. Yeah, Boom Boom is a is a young girl, um, and that is her name, Boom Boom. And it's like, okay, and we're going to go and join them at a lake party. And this lake party is epic. I mean, I wish that I could go back and start my life all over again and actually party on, because uh, I think I missed quite a lot as I was growing up. I think I was too too wrapped up in making sure that I was a good boy um, and trying to do the right thing. Sometimes it would have been nice to actually basically bend the rules a little bit. I mean, what are you going to do? I mean, your parents are going to ground you, but what else are they going to do, you know? Um, I'm not, you know, not saying anything untoward getting into massive amounts of trouble with the law, but, uh, you know, there is the odd occasion that I really wish that I had of just uh, pushed the boundaries just a little bit. But, of course, I didn't do it. I was the good boy to make sure that I didn't do anything wrong. So at the party... Cole witnesses the, the arrival of new student Phoebe at the lake and after finding a stuffed toy and directions to the lake. Well, it's really interesting how they do this because, you know, he's basically... The, the, the car that they're driving in, okay, Melanie decides to steal her father's car. Now, it's a Camaro, or a Camaro, whichever you want to do it. Um, you know, fire painted on the car. It looks absolutely sick. And they're driving to, um, obviously, to the lake, and they've got to pull over and get some gas, and they've got to get some, some food and stuff like that. And they witness Phoebe. Now, Phoebe is um, a young girl that's basically hitchhiked her way uh, in a truck all the way to the lake. And he comes across her and basically, you know, he sees that she, she's arrived there. She's got no friends, basically, but she's doing her, basically doing her own thing. But he comes out of the store and he finds that there's a stuffed toy laying on the ground and he picks it up and of course it's Phoebe's and Phoebe has travelled with it all the way from the city and and he's like oh there there you go and she says well we, you know where are you headed and he said well I'm just we're just going to go to the lake there's an epic party there and she goes yeah I'm actually going to go that way too and uh, he she says oh yeah, I think I'll you know, I probably might yeah I might see you there and takes off and she says well which way is it to the lake and he's like okay you go down this way and and so it's basically a, a nice little back and forward that him and uh, Phoebe have so. Later at uh, the party, you know, Cole's friends play a party game on the boat. And the game is basically whoever gets the, the highest cards. And then they have this thing that they decide that whoever is the two highest, they play the game called Seven Minutes in Heaven. Well, they amend it to say Two Minutes in Heaven. And of course, one of the, I think it was Boom Boom goes, hang on a minute, isn't it Seven Minutes in Heaven? And uh, the um, the other guy, Diego, goes, yeah, but uh, two minutes is more realistic than seven minutes in heaven. Now, I was really wondering if, you know, two of the guys uh, got the highest cards, would they be willing to go into the closet for two minutes? It's like, okay. So, you know, you've got to hope to God that you're actually going to match with, you know, your respective other person, you know. So, you know, a guy and a girl goes into the cupboard. Anyway, so, you know, Cole and uh, Melanie happen to get the two highest pairs and they go into the closet for two minutes instead of seven minutes in heaven. So they're in there and, you know, and Melanie basically decides that she wants to continue on the kiss that they shared when they were kids and maybe take it a little bit further, which she does. She makes the play to go and kiss um, kiss Cole and nothing really comes of it. It's basically just, you know, sort of like a backwards and forwards sort of, you know, it's it's awkward and stuff like that. But you can see what, you know, what Melanie's trying to get going. But I think Cole is just so, he's, I mean, 
In this, he's an absolute—he's a virgin, okay, and he's absolutely terrified of going down that path. And I don't think it's—it's it's not wanting to. It's just that I don't think you know doing the business two minutes standing up in a closet is probably appropriate for this sort of situation. Plus, there are people you know outside of the closet, so they know what's going on. They might. Uh, if there's a lot of grunting and moaning, basically. So they come out of the closet and they keep playing. And um, as they're playing the game, uh, Melanie suddenly kills Boom Boom with a boat hook and saves her blood. So it's like, oh my God. And this is, you know, Cole's first reaction of like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, you know, what did you do? It basically realizes now that Melanie, Jimmy and Diego are revealed as cult members. Yet cult members as far as exactly like um, our original high school um crash b so it's like oh my god and it, it's it's lovely oh it's starting all over again and you can see on cole's face like what the hell so with boom boom's blood as a sacrifice they need cole's blood as an offering of the of an innocent to make their wishes come true original and, and this is the whole thing it's the same as the original si uh, situation that you know cole is like oh my god not again are you fucking kidding me and it is it really is that situation that he's wandered basically straight into the same thing that was going on with B. You know, it's the blood of the innocent. It's like, give me a break. So, of course, <laughs> Cole goes to run out of the, uh, the... I mean, when I say it's a boat, it's, it's a... Um, it's a houseboat. Basically, that's what it is. So he goes to run out of the houseboat. However, <laughs> the original cult cultist, Sonia, Allison, Max, and John also appear, having been resurrected so they can partake in the ritual by sunrise. Okay, now, the biggest thing, unfortunately, is the fact that it re we realize now that Melanie is now the cult leader. And so it's like, you got to be kidding me. Like, I didn't, and when I was watching this movie, I didn't see that coming because Melanie had always been very loving, very affectionate to, to Cole, being his best friend, looking after him, though, you know, so you didn't see that coming at all that suddenly she's gone from being very, very nice to being very evil and I want to take your blood, you know. And it, it is, this is the, once again, it's the, the mistrust. That and quite rightly so. Cole has got a huge amount of mistrust, and I thoroughly agree with him. Yeah, you've got mistrust. You should actually be trusting nobody at this stage. So, however, Phoebe suddenly appears. Now, Phoebe had uh, gone on a jet ski and she's been, you know, hooning around the um, the water and having a great time. And she goes to the to the um, to the uh, boathouse, or sorry, to the um, houseboat. And opens up the door, and you see that, you know, there's um, Boom Boom. She's dead, laying in a pool of blood. The other people around basically surrounding poor old Cole. And she basically walks in and goes, oh, okay, so I can see you playing some pretty heavy cosplay. I was just running low on fuel on my jet ski, but it doesn't matter. I'll just leave. Thanks very much. And leaves. And it's like, okay. <laughs> so... Um, this moment of uh, distraction gives Cole a bit of a chance to run the hell out of that place. Of course, unfortunately, they're all hot on his heels trying to get a hold of him. But uh, he escapes with Phoebe on a jet ski. So once on land, Cole explains everything to Phoebe, who believes him, while the cultists give chase. Now, it's really cool because as, he, as the uh, jet ski takes off, you've got... Um, God, who was it that threw it? I've got to remember... Uh, Melanie. Melanie throws uh, like a spear and the spear actually punctures the gas line of uh, Phoebe's jet ski. And of course, as she hoons away, you know, obviously there's, you know, fuel going into the water and this is making a fuel trail. So, you know, you can see that uh, Melanie's got the idea of like, well, here's an idea. If I light this, maybe it might show us exactly where they've gone. And it does. It has a nice fire trail all the way to where they actually ended up 
um, ditching it and it explodes and she's like, aha, that's where they are. So it's it's now a time of we're going to start hunting poor old Cole and Phoebe down because obviously Phoebe is now a witness and Cole is the blood of the innocent. We've got to get a hold of him. We need to drain his blood and in the process we can sacrifice Phoebe. That's perfect. We've got you know, two for one offer sort of situation. So, of course, everyone follows poor old Phoebe and uh, Cole onto the land where they've actually ditched the, the jet ski. And Sonia is the first one that makes the attempt to kill them. <laughs> and this is really, really cool. So she's standing. Um, so they, they basically you know come across um, a guy that's sitting just quietly, um, you know, with a bonfire. And uh, so Phoebe basically walks over and says, listen, you've got a car. Can we, can you drive us into the, into town? And he's like, yep, no worries. I can do that. No worries at all. Now this stage, you know, Cole's sort of like, you know, in the shadows because it's better that makes it, you know, an agreement that maybe uh, he'll help a girl out rather than a couple out. Of course, we find out this guy who's actually kind of do the, the right thing by Phoebe, we think, is actually going to, uh, I'm going to guess, rape her or attack her in some way. And it's at that moment that Cole happens to come over and says, hey, you know, thanks very much for, for helping us out. Luckily, they were able to steal the uh, his car. And as they go to take off, Sonia comes, stands right in front of the car with a flamethrower. Now, I know this movie, you're going to sit there and go, a flamethrower, really? But you know what? Bear with me. It's a lot of fun. So she fires the flamethrower who then uh, Cole puts the car into reverse and reverses away from her. She's still firing the, the flamethrower at him. And he's like, okay, that's it. Puts the car into drive and drives straight towards Sonia, running her over with the car left by the stranger that, that was trying to get a hold of uh, Phoebe. Um, unfortunately, as Sonia gets up to basically you know fire another lot of, um, of, of flame at the car, the momentum has basically, you know, obviously they stop the car and it uh, catapults a surfboard and decapitates her. And it's like, oh, yes, awesome. What a great kill. I mean, that was just absolutely brilliant. So much so that the, the her head hits the, um, the, the bonnet of the car. It's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Here's the hood of the car. Perfect. So the cult gets into an argument finding Sonya's body and splits up in two groups. Alison, Max and John and Melanie... Sam, uh, Jimmy and Diego. Max and John leave while Allison takes a break. Now, Allison is the one, if you remember, that's in the cheerleader outfit. And she's basically, you know, she's got the high heels on. And, and yeah, both, you know, Max and John are sitting there going, D really? The high heels again? And she's like, yeah, I've, I've got to wear them. This is, you know, my outfit. And they're like, yeah, but you just don't. And, of course, you know, you've got Max. Uh, no, it's John. John's running around, once again, shirtless. Max is running around in all his jogging outfits. So, basically, what you've got from the first movie is pretty much what you got in the second movie they've just duplicated um the exact same outfits and i think it really really works quite well because you don't have to sit there and try and work out who's who it just carries on and uh, as i said john with the with his uh you know just his jeans on with no top on it's like okay he's 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 shirtless again running around but it really does work you know so max and john leave while Alison takes a break she's just sitting on 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 a rock and um Unfortunately, as, as she's sitting on the rock, she looks up above her and you see that uh, both Phoebe and uh, Cole jump from rock to rock. You know, there's like an outcropping. And so they jump uh, you know, around there. So he, she's like, aha, uh -huh, that's where they are. Now, she's got a handgun. So she basically takes off after them. 
<laughs> this is really, really cool. I like this part. So she finds them, but the two trap her between a narrow wedge of rocks. Now, it's interesting because as, as they jump off and they, they land on the ground, she's standing there and she's like, you know, I'm coming, Coley. And she jumps and, of course, she slides down between this, this these two rocks. Um, as it says, now it's like, okay. And she's like, can you please help me? You know, help me get out of this. So there's Phoebe and Cole with both of her legs and they're pulling her, trying to pull her down. And what happens? <laughs> they rip her head off. And that is awesome because you've got the, the, you know, the head just wedged in between the rocks and the body on the ground. And it's like, oh, this is an interesting way to get killed. And of course, you know, they're all sprayed with blood. And it's like, oh yeah, that's that's awesome. So the the two board the boat and drive off, but Max catches the raft attached to the back of the boat and is able to pull himself onto the boat. However, me, Phoebe sets him on fire with a can of silly spring, a silly string, and a lighter. And that was very very interesting. Now I thought it was actually John, but I'm sorry, it was Max. Max is the one with the shirtless, um, and he's the one that that basically has got that whole. I've I've got to kill Cole. I'm the one that's got to do it. And uh, so when he's got you know when he pulls the um, the string. To basically get up onto the boat because the boat's you know, attached to like a dinghy, and so he pulls himself onto the boat and he basically says, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna kill you guys." And this is when, as it says, Phoebe fires some silly string at him, and he's like, "Silly string, really?" But she uses it as a flamethrower and basically burns the his whole face, which is really really quite cool because then he falls back into the water and she shreds him with the boat's propeller. So it's like that's a really awesome way to to, to get killed. I'm not saying it's an awesome way to get killed in that regard. What I'm saying is that in this situation of trying to get away, hey, you've got no other weapons about. You've got a can of silly silly string and a lighter. Well, you might as well use it as a flamethrower. What the hell? But it's really it's really quite good because he gets his you know leg trapped around the propeller and then basically just ripped apart. So I was like, oh, awesome, like it. So Diego and Jimmy supernaturally disintegrate while they attempt to back off from the pursuit of Cole. And it really is, it's, it's rather interesting how they do this um, because they just, it's, it's almost like that they've been commanded back to limbo and they just basically just disintegrate. It's, it, there's no real you know, death scene with these two um, because it basically just, they just evaporate. You know, they've gone and killed some guy because one of the guys, uh, when they, when Phoebe and um, Cole jump on the, the speedboat to take away, the owner comes out and says, you know, what the hell are you trying to do? Um, and it's that stage that then Diego and Jimmy kill this guy. But it's almost like, you know, when, when um, Melanie comes on the scene, because she's walking down the, the hole, like down the decking towards the boat, she just makes them disintegrate. It's like, oh, holy shit. <laughs> you know, so she's got a fair amount of power, a lot more power than um, our original person B, uh, B has, you know, because she, she's pretty much a, a fully fledged, you know, real heavy demon. But, um, you know, obviously Melanie is way more powerful than what uh, she is. So basically just walking in and disintegrating these two, it's like, oh, Holy shit. So Cole and Phoebe arrive at Phoebe's old family cabin. And that this cabin is, if anyone wants to just basically get away from it all and just leave the world behind and just sit in a cabin for like months on end with no human contact, this is the place to come to. It's on a rock outcropping. It's in the middle of nowhere. It is, I mean, it's a beautiful little cabin. It really is. But it is absolutely in the middle of nowhere and this is where phoebe was actually heading to because she wanted to take refuge in there and just get away from everything so it reveals to she reveals to cole that her parents died because she crashed um 
into them in a fatal car accident. Now, we basically just get a bit of a cut of what's going on. You know, she was wanting to, to get her teddy bear. Now, this is the teddy bear that she's been holding on for dear life that she won't go anywhere without. And it reveals that, you know, she she forgot her teddy bear um, somewhere. Her parents went to grab the, the teddy bear, was driving it back home. They got into a car accident. She happened to be in the opposing car. And we're, we'll tell you why she was in the opposing car. But they crashed and, of course, um, she was killed. Uh, not sure she was killed. Her mother and father were killed. So she's got a huge amount of guilt about the fact that this teddy bear was the one that actually you know, killed her parents. Um, and, you know, you can say it's, it's not karma at all. It's basically just a set of circumstances that unfortunately led to that situation. You can't blame yourself because it was just that set of circumstances. You were going... You wanted something, your parents were good enough to go get it, and, you know, the as they say, crossroads happened all of that once, and uh, they passed away. So this is where Phoebe just wants to go. She wants to go to the family cabin, basically either to start over or just to just to be away from the world, basically. So, of course, it's at this stage that uh, we're now at the cabin, and it ends up that Cole and Phoebe end up by having sex. Awesome. So Melanie calls Cole, sorry about that. Melanie calls Cole's father Archie, who's been searching for him alongside Melanie's father, Juan, and fakes being drunk so that he can come and pick them up, hoping to lure Cole out. So basically, you know, these you know, this group of uh, sadists and blood cultists are trying to find Cole because once again they've got to get uh, it's basically three hours until sunrise. And if they don't get this uh, the ceremony done before sunrise, then basically they have to go down to limbo and wait for another i think it's another two years before they can try this again so they and basically they're running out of time because hey cole's getting older there's a very good chance that he's going to be doing the business and if they don't get this done soon because basically the cult is is such that they have to drink the blood of a uh, of a innocent and that way they can get whatever they want and obviously it's a, a deal with the devil they do this they got get whatever they want but they've got to commit they've got to complete this uh, ritual within this the time frame of the sunrise so it's like okay fair enough so now melanie's basically using cole's dad as sort of like a pawn to try and get him to come out um of his hiding spot because hey now they do they do find out that they've, they've been uh gone to this um this cabin so it's like okay so we know where they are and we basically can get them out by the by you know getting the father to lure them out but you know phoebe is very very smart she's got this whole idea of like hang on a minute you know, who says that the people that are up there are the real people? They could be involved with this cult. And she and he's like, no, my father wouldn't be involved in this. And she's like, yeah, but, you know, they're demons. They might be able to throw their voice. They might be able to make uh, them sound like, you know, your father. Um, they also might be able to, they might have them trapped. So basically they lure them out and they'll attack you. So we've got to be very, very careful. Phoebe's very, very smart, you know, really very smart girl. So Phoebe and Cole come out of the bunker armed with crossbows and John accidentally kills himself when the, a chandelier crashes onto him, which is, is just one of those situations where it's like, if you don't, you didn't see it coming. And that's one of the good parts about this movie. You don't see it coming. Um, Archie gives Cole a sleeping drug so he can take him to the car as Melanie kills Juan with a machete and captures Phoebe. So basically, she just doesn't give a shit about her father. And the father, you know, her father is really um, more interested in just being his own person. Having a child really weighs him down because he just wants to relive a second childhood. It just seems that way. So really, Melanie is really doesn't really care the fact that she's killed her father. So while stopping for gas, Cole regains consciousness, locks Archie out of the car and drives back to the lake to save Phoebe. 
in a cove, Melanie holds Phoebe hostage before Cole shows up and the volunteers to be and he volunteers to be sacrificed. He he sits in the chair and he goes, "Listen, Melanie, you know I know what you I know what you want. This is what you've wanted all along. I am willing to do it. Just let her go. You know I'm I'm willing to sacrifice myself." And she's like, "Hang on a minute. No, no, no. It doesn't matter. You know the fact is that." You're going to die. I'm going to sacrifice Phoebe. So it's all good. I'm going to get what I want. So whether you give it up or not, the fact is you're going to do It's going to happen anyway. And he's like, listen, I'm not going to fight you. I'm not going to fight you at all. And he literally holds out his arm and he says, you take the first lot of blood that you need out of my arm. Do whatever you want with it. Um, just let Phoebe go. So, you know, um, Melanie does come over and draw some blood and puts it into the golden chalice. And of course, we've also got the blood from um, Boom Boom. So that's in the chalice. So really, we've got all the blood we need. Now, it's really interesting that when the two lots of blood meet uh, in the chalice, it starts to bubble. So this is a head, bit of a head scratcher. Like, I wonder why it's bubbling. Well, guess what? We have a spoiler alert for you. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh no! Oh yeah! So here we go with the spoiler. It ends up that B emerges from the water and is revealed to be Phoebe's babysitter who was responsible for the car accident that killed her parents. I know, I didn't see that coming either. Like, holy crap on a cracker. That is awesome. It really was. She made a deal with the devil to save Phoebe's life in exchange for her soul. Sonia, Allison, Max and John are resurrected again. So I was like, for the love of God, can these guys actually die? But no, it's it ends up that B is the most powerful uh, member of the cult and she resurrects everyone else. So I was like, okay, so now we've got... Phoebe. Uh, Phoebe's trapped. Cole's given the blood voluntarily. We've now got Allison, Sonia, Max, John. We have got um, B, and now we've got Melanie. So all of them are there ready to make this final deal with the devil to actually get what they want. Now the whole idea is that uh, the four alongside alongside Melanie drink the blood of the of the blood mixed with Cole's blood and with Boom Boom's blood. Now basically, once they do th do that. They can then ask the devil for whatever they want, and they'll get it immediately. However, since Cole has had sex with Phoebe, the ritual backfires, and the five melt and disintegrate. And as they're doing it, it basically is it's learnt that it's only the blood of the innocent that can actually resurrect these people, you know, fully, and basically give them what they want. Once the blood is tainted, then it doesn't work. So basically, it really comes down to that they've been hunting Cole all along for no reason. Now, as B said, she had she, she had an idea that if she had put them into this situation, as in Phoebe and Cole, they might have had sex, and it was like a gamble. It was a 50-50 shot that that was going to happen. So it really comes out to be like, thank God it actually happened, because B, even though that she'd been hunting Cole all along, it really turns out that B is actually the good guy in this whole scenario of part two, and it's like, oh... Thank God. It really is. It absolutely is. So B, who did not drink the blood, reveals that she orchestrated everything that Phoebe and Cole could unite and defeat the cult. Having had a change of heart after Cole's love confessional after her initial defeat. So if you remember, you know, Cole was basically against, you know, basically, you know, there's B and she's dying underneath the car. And Cole is basically looking at her and says, you know, I loved you. I loved you so, so much. And it was really at that moment that B, you know, because she was obviously defeated, she went back down to, um, to you know, she was down in limbo. 
uh, she had a change of heart. Even though she was sent back up to complete the ritual again with the others, it was ended up, ended up to be that B was actually the good guy all along, and she really decided that this was not the way that she wanted to go, and she didn't want to live, live eternally, and she didn't want to do this to Cole all over again. So it really was... It was really nice. Archie shows up and having witnessed B's death, because B um, basically evaporates, but she does it in such a way that it's almost like a mini tornado, and it's just absolutely stunning. The The graphics in this movie, the, the special effects in this movie, was really, really quite good. And even though it's a Netflix movie, it really stands alone as far as an enjoyable movie. Um, now he believes Cole, what, this, what Cole said was true. As the sun comes up, Cole and Phoebe embrace in a kiss, while Archie looks on proudly. The movie fades to black, and that is the end of the movie. Now, it's really interesting to read the reviews on this movie, because they were saying that um, this movie received generally, generally negative reviews from critics. Now, I can't understand why that would be at all, because it was just a really enjoyable movie. It had a great follow-on. You didn't have to really sit there and try and figure things out too hard i mean it, a lot of it was just basically spoon fed to you but it was enjoyable enough that you had some great jump scares um some great aha moments uh stuff that you didn't see that was coming it just it all basically fits together in an, an enjoyable movie so i don't know what this whole idea of like you know it was a, a mixed review of negative comments apparently there's a third installment which is in development i'm looking forward to that one i don't know where they're going to go with this with this uh, story because really, everything that they've done has already been done. You know, you got the, the, you know, trying to attack Cole when he was younger. That didn't work. He defeated them. And now you've got this one. They were trying to attack Cole. He defeats them just by basically getting jiggy with it. <laughs> so really, it, it really comes down to what would you go and do in the third movie? I, I don't know. No, no real idea that one. But anyway, it was just, as I said, it was an enjoyable movie. So much so that I actually... Uh, made a, a, a definite idea of like I had to see part two. Anyway, before we get to, at the end of this podcast, we always have to do Paul's Fun Facts. So there are basically 12 um, items of trivia. They're really not overly exciting. There's really nothing that I'd sit there and go, wow. But uh, there's some couple of little fun facts here. So Cole looks significantly older than the original, even though the events take place two years later. This is because even though the original was released in 2017, The Babysitter 2017 was filmed in 2015. The Babysitter Killer Queen 2020 was filmed in late 2019 so see i mean it's really not a huge amount of excitement shot from october the 14th 2019 to november the 24th 2019 it was done with 41 days see there we go there are there are two star trek references when phoebe is going through her flip book in class it says star trek picard 2020 picard one alien zero later when john is talking to melanie on the dock the boat behind him says Spock, see? Um, B is called the Killer Queen because bees have a queen. Well, that goes without saying. The last bit of uh, information, as I said, it's really not a huge amount of trivia. Cole goes to goes for a fist bump with the nurse, the male nurse, only left to be left hanging, which shows he still does not fit in. Yeah, but as I said, there's uh, there's only a couple uh, little things. There's really nothing overly exciting about that. The only interesting is uh, a little bit of. 
uh, trivia is sexual intercourse between Cole and Phoebe are heavily hinted by the series of short shots, which is penetration, hot dog, and ejaculation cannonball. So it really just goes to show you that they were doing the business um, in the, uh, basically in the basement of the little cabin. But really, there's nothing else really overly exciting about that. They don't really have a huge amount, so... Um, there's no, I mean, there are spoilers, but I'm not going to go and spoil it for you if you want to go and read it. And as I said, there's only like half a dozen of spoilers, but that's basically it, you know? So anyway, thank you very much once again for coming to visit me at the Horror Crypt Podcast. I really do appreciate once again, every one of you for downloading the, the show and listening. Um, I will actually have baseball caps coming in the next couple of weeks. If you're interested, uh, there's going to be a photograph up on, um, my Facebook page at the Horror Crypt Oz, or basically, you know, just look for the Horror Crypt and you'll find me there, or Horror Crypt Oz, uh, O-Z being in capitals. Um, and then you'll be able to actually see the, uh, the the final design that I've got up there. I think they're actually pretty good. I was going to go with T-shirts, but uh, I'm sure all of us could collect a T-shirt, you know, from every podcast we listen to. Those of us that actually heavily, you know, try and get people to buy stuff. But I just thought, well, you know what? My next time that I'm actually on doing the, uh, basically, live on uh, YouTube, you'll be actually be able to sit there and have a look at it and see if you'd like to, to buy one from me. Uh, they're very, they're going to be very reasonable. I'm not going to charge an arm and a leg for them, but uh, it's just something just for me to say thank you for basically downloading my, my show. And you might want to just wear a bit of a souvenir. You know, hats are always good. So until next week, creep you later. Mm-hmm.